Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. And earlier this week, Ron Rivera spoke with reporters and talked about the impact that he's made in Washington. And, and Stubb, look, it's a nationally known story now that Ron Rivera will be out of a job next Monday. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody expects it. You know, we were kind of making fun of it because there was like breaking news from Sports Illustrated two weeks ago. Ron Rivera expected to be fired at the end of the season. I'm like, we've known about this for 12 months yeah. <laughs> now, basically, right? I mean, we all knew all season long he needed to either win 10 regular season games or make it into the playoffs and probably win a playoff game to keep his job. Well, it's turned into a circus. Not even close. He's been not even close to that. They've completely bottomed out. They're a four-win team. And at one point in the season, we were like, hey, they're closer to the number one pick than they are to the playoffs. Well, now they actually have the number two overall pick, and they're holding on to it based off strength of schedule. And we're desperate, desperate for the commanders to lose once again. Now, the tough part is, is we have to lose to our arch rival, the Dallas Cowboys. And yeah. I know there are a few Skins fans, Redskins fans, Commanders fans, Washington football team fans, Washington sports fans, whatever you want to call them. There are a few fans out there that the only thing they care about every year is beating the Dallas Cowboys. As long as we beat their ass, I don't care what our record is. And I was uh, among that thought for a long time. That was that was my happy place. Was, hey, we might have only won six games this year, but at least we beat the crap out of the Dallas Cowboys. At least we sacked Tony Romo. At least we brought down Troy Aikman. At least Dak did nothing against the Commanders. But this particular game against the Dallas Cowboys, I'm desperate for them to whoop our ass one more time. Yeah, because if they do, then next year we have a better chance of beating them harder. Yes. Like, let's <laughs> let's hope for that. Like, we can take one. We can take one L. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. we've taken many, but we can, we we can, can, all, we one can survive more one L. more. And that's why I told Michael Phillips, I'm begging Josh Harris to remove Ron Rivera from his duties. Fire him today because Ron wants to win this game because his overall record right now as a head coach is exactly 500. He wants to finish above 500. He wants to get another job. He wants to beat the Cowboys in a meaningless game just like he did last year in Week 18, Game 17. It means nothing to win this game to the fan base, it means a lot to Ron Rivera. And we're waiting to see what Ron Rivera is going to do in terms of naming a starting quarterback. But earlier this week, he was asked what he's most proud of here in Washington. And he said, quote, what we've done with the culture. I kind of like where we are. Obviously, it's not where we want to be, but that's just the nature of this game sometimes. And I would argue the culture is not better because he was brought in here when the team had the number two overall pick. He chose to take Chase Young and not a quarterback, and now we are here we are four years later, and the team will most likely have the number two overall pick and still searching for a quarterback. So the question of the day is, who would you like to be the next head coach for the Washington Commanders? 833-804-0910. Ron Rivera will be fired on Monday. Who do you want to be hired next? This is the question of the day on the Richmond Commander. It's time for the Richmond Commander. Are you ready for some The phones are open. It's your chance to be the quarterback of this segment. There's something I like to say. Every day at 1 p.m. on AWOD Radio, the Richmond Commander. So the question's not, if the Commanders seek a new coach, who would you like to be on the list? The question is, when the Commanders seek a new coach, who would you 
like to be on the list. Nikki Javala of the Washington Post broke down uh, a list of the top candidates. And number one is the 37-year-old Ben Johnson, whose name has been thrown around in head coaching vacancies here over the last six months. Obviously, he's revived the career of quarterback Jared Goff and turned the Detroit Lions into a prolific offense and one of the top three teams in the NFC. I just don't like a guy that doesn't have much experience, right? We talk about this all the time. The NFL is leaning towards younger coaches, and I like that about Ben Johnson, and I love that the Lions are going to finish with top five in scoring and yards, right, for the last two years. But I just don't know if he has enough NFL experience to be a head coach. I would love him as the offensive coordinator, but that's the job he has in Detroit. Next up, Dan Quinn, the Cowboys defensive coordinator. I love Dan Quinn because I think the best case scenario for Washington is a defensive coach who actually knows defense. Ron Rivera was a defensive coach who failed on the defensive side of the ball. Dan Quinn has already had success in this league, Stub. He took the Atlanta Falcons to the Super Bowl with Matt Ryan and an incredible defense. And now he's had a ton of success in charge of the Cowboys defense. And he's made Micah Parsons out of this world uh, level good as a defensive edge rusher. I personally love love Dan Quinn. He's my number one choice. All right. Then Nikki points to Bobby Slowick. Bobby Slowick actually began his career in Washington as a video assistant in 2010 before spending three years as a defensive assistant from 2011 to 2013. He's now gone on a coaching carousel around the NFL, was the first staff member of the 49ers, and now he's followed uh, the 49ers defensive coordinator, D'Amico Ryans, to Houston, and has become the Texans offensive coordinator and worked really well with rookie C.J. Stroud this season. Obviously, I like Bobby Slowick. I was the first person to mention him. Stop, I want everybody to know that. I was doing this bit a year ago when I looked back at that 2012 coaching staff with Kyle Shanahan, with Sean McVay, head coach, with Matt LaFleur, head coach, with Kevin O'Connell, head coach. And I said, no, why is nobody talking about Bobby Slowick, who was also on that roster and has not been given a head coaching opportunity? So I think he would be a decent guy in Washington. I also like that he's the son of a defensive coordinator, Bob Slowick. Um, I just don't know if he's ready for this opportunity. And I would give C.J. Stroud more credit than Bobby Slowick for the Texans' success this season, including D'Amico Ryans. Mike McDonald is the Ravens' defensive coordinator. He spent the last decade, 10 seasons, with John Harbaugh in Baltimore, starting as a defensive intern and working his way up from a defensive assistant to defensive coordinator. It goes along the lines of what I like of, hey, uh, uh, most most franchises, Stub, they go back and forth, right? They go, offensive coach, didn't work, let's go defensive coach. We did that. Jay Gruden was an offensive coach. Then we went to the defensive coaches uh, with Ron Rivera. I just think Ron Rivera failed to be a good defensive-minded coach, so I'm not going back to the offense. I'm sticking with the defense. And I think more of the talent on the roster is on the defensive side of the ball. We're closer to being an elite defense than we are to being an elite offense. That's my opinion.
All right. I mean, we the, the secondary has been a huge problem for us all season, but you're saying that's more Ron than the players on the team? I just I really like our defensive line more than any position that we have on both sides. Uh, Brian Johnson is the current Eagles offensive coordinator. I'm against that because the Eagles have been going through coordinators left and right. They literally just replaced their OC and their DC last year, and now they had a good season, and their OC, Brian Johnson, might get a head coaching job. He's the youngest offense coordinator uh, in football uh, when he was hired in Utah in 2012. Uh, He's coached alongside uh, plenty of really good coaches at Utah, Mississippi State, and then Florida, he coached Dak Prescott. He mentored Kyle Pitts. Uh, he's certainly going to get a head coaching job within the next three or four years, I feel like. But um, I'm not going with a guy that was not the OC um, last year. He just got the job. Uh, Ejero Evero is the DC for the Carolina Panthers. Not sure why he's included in this list. If you're going to Carolina again after Ron Rivera and after the season they've had, you're crazy. Frank Smith is the Dolphins offensive coordinator. They've had one of the most uh, prolific offenses in the NFL. Problem is that I'm giving Mike McDaniel all the credit for that, not Frank Smith. Patrick Graham, uh, Nikki points to here as the Raiders defensive coordinator. No, thank you. Brian Flores is the Vikings defensive coordinator. He was fired uh, and then sued the NFL as he was the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, led them to two consecutive winning seasons. Although Miami seems to have been having more success with Mike McDaniel, Flores is definitely a good option. He goes back to my list of defensive coordinators, and the Vikings defense has been really good this year. They haven't had a quarterback since Kirk went down, but their defense has played well. Antonio Pierce also got mentioned. He's the Raiders' interim coach. I expect him to be given the Raiders' head coaching job. Eric Bieniemy also included in this. I'm kind of worried that he might be one and done in Washington. And then there's two wild cards, Mike Tomlin and Coach Jim Harbaugh. Problem is, I believe both of those guys will stay at their current location. Mike Tomlin has led the Steelers for 17 consecutive seasons to winning records. They're going to have another winning record this year. I don't see any way Pittsburgh moves on from Mike Tomlin when their issue this year was obviously the quarterback play of Kenny Pickett and then the backups that came in after him. Uh, like Mitch Trubisky. And then Coach Harbaugh, I mentioned this to you earlier, Stubb. I think maybe if they lose to Alabama and the fact that he got suspended this year and there was controversy and they were the number one seed, if they had lost in the first round of the college football playoffs, maybe he moves on from Michigan. The thing is he's making so much money to stay in Michigan. I think they end up probably winning um, the college football playoff next Monday against Washington. He's not going to leave after winning a national championship. Plus, he's got a really good uh, recruiting class coming in next year. I expect Harbaugh and Tomlin to stay at their location. So, I'm going to vote Dan Quinn. You can give us your thoughts, 833-804-0910, or tweet us at 910thefanner at AWOD Radio. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. If you're enjoying the show, spread the word. Send the podcast to friends and family. It's easy. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, or the free Odyssey app. Download it today for free. It gives you the ability to pause the show, run some errands, rewind, and then pick up right where you left off. And well, tomorrow we'll be going into the final week of the NFL season. Nine of the 14 playoff spots 
have been claimed. And both conferences have their number one seeds established. With that, it's time to look at the teams that are still in the hunt. You guys know I love the in the hunt graphic for the remaining spots in the NFL's postseason. What will it take to get into the big dance? And what will it take to win a division title? It's time for AWOD to go through the scenarios and talk about the best games of the weekend here on NFL Hits. Every regular season matchup, every head coach on the hot seat, the hit stories in the NFL, NFL Hits on AWOD Radio. All right, Stubb, do we agree that the three-star game, best game of the weekend is the Buffalo Bills against the Miami Dolphins? Yes, I, w- I was, I was going to bring that up as All my right. pick. Give it yeah, three stars. I, I agree. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't you hit that button for me? Yeah, there we go. One, two, and three. The Bills can clinch the AFC East with a win over Miami, who are already in the playoffs, win or lose. The Bills can still make the playoffs if they win, finish with a tie or... The Colts-Texans tie, or either the Steelers or the Jaguars lose. Most likely, though, based on the opponents, Buffalo is either winning you in or you losing you're out. Yeah, this was a good team for us to bet on. Because it was. It, it's really it's down, to down to the wire here. Now, I will say I like my chances because Buffalo, uh, because the Dolphins are already in the playoffs, but they do want to host a playoff game. So th- it's not like they're going to sit to a but I do kind of think they might sit a few defensive players, maybe. I mean, they just lost Bradley Chubb for the season in a meaningless game in the fourth quarter. That's true. That's, it, it, they might not be playing to win as hard as they would play any other game. And that, yeah. that's not great for my chances of them not getting in. But I still think it'll be perhaps the best game of the weekend. Yeah. Who are you picking? Miami. Really? I have to. <laughs> All right. Um, so, you know what is interesting is... The AFC South and the NFC South, three teams are still up for winning the division. With the AFC South, Houston can clinch the AFC South with a win over the Colts. The Colts can clinch the AFC South with a win and a Jags loss. And the Jags can clinch the AFC South with a win or a tie between the Colts and the Texans. How do you expect this division to play out here? Well, Jacksonville's against the Titans. They haven't been looking great recently, but this should should be an easy win for them, giving them that. And then I, the the Texans and the Colts are just too close of a game to call. I, without with with CJ being he's still gone, right? Yeah, it, it'll probably go to the Colts. Then. Yeah. See the um the interesting thing is if the Colts win, they can win their division. If they lose, they can still get into the postseason. If the Steelers lose. Um, and I think the Texans, right? Or the Colts playing the Texans. The Colts are then. playing the Texans. Okay, so the Colts, if they lose, then they're screwed because yeah. the Texans it's, would it's, take their it's stop. It's Colts and the Texans. This game decides but, which but one But that's makes. what I'm confused about, though, because if the Jacksonville Jaguars lose, all right, if the Jaguars lose and the Colts lose, who gets into uh, to the playoffs if both teams have that 9-8 and eight record? Right. Yeah, I don't know who has the tiebreaker. I don't know who has the tiebreaker between those two teams as well. Um, I would actually, you know what? It's Jacksonville. They beat the Colts twice this year. Okay, so yeah. So it would be uh, Jacksonville. The Jaguars. Pittsburgh, to get into the playoffs, they need a win and a loss by the Bills or a Jags loss or a Texans and a Colts tie. Should the Steelers tie, they'll need a Jaguars loss and pray that the Texans-Colts game doesn't end in a tie. And then, according to our friends at Sporting News, finally, 
<laughs> it keeps going. Whether the Steelers win or lose, they can still get into the playoffs with a Jags loss and a Broncos win and then no tie between the Texans and the Colts. It is. There's a lot yeah, going there's on. So much, there's so much going on here. Yeah. You know who I need to break it down for me? It's Scott Hansen on NFL Red Zone. <laughs> that guy knows what's going on. Um, over to the NFC. The Atlanta Falcons can clinch the NFC South with a win and a box loss. Pretty simple. The Cowboys can clinch the NFC East with a win or an Eagles loss. The Packers win and they're in. Tie. And they'll need losses or ties from the Seahawks and Saints. The Vikings, they get a playoff spot if they win, the Packers lose, the Seahawks lose, and the Saints or the Bucks lose. Vikings need a lot of help. My goodness. The Saints can clinch the NFC South with a win and a Bucks loss or tie. The Eagles then can clinch the NFC East with a win and a Cowboys loss to the Commanders. Man, if the Eagles clinch the division, I'm going to be so upset. But you know what is interesting is a lot of pick people picked Cowboys to win the division at the beginning of the year. I, unfortunately, went Giants. I'm not ashamed to admit. I thought they were the team trending in the right direction. They brought back Saquon and Daniel Jones. It didn't work out all right, for Neither Brian Dable's New York Giants, but it continues the trend. It is a 20-year trend in the NFC East. The same team has not won back-to-back division yeah, titles since this. 2003. And it's most likely not going to be the Eagles. It'll be the Cowboys this year. Um, the Seahawks win and a Packers loss. And Seattle is in. That's tough. Tampa Bay clinched the NFC South with a win. It's very easy for the Bucks. They play against the Panthers. That's most yeah, likely. That's, uh... But if they lose and the Saints lose or tie... They can clinch a playoff spot with a loss and a Seahawks loss and then a tie from the Packers. <laughs> most likely, Tampa Bay's only chance yeah. of getting in is with a win over the Panthers. That's the most That's likely one of the easiest scenario. things you can do in it the NFL. It really is. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot going on. If you didn't figure it out, it's all right. There'll be a quiz later in the show. Yeah, I, <laughs> like, I, at the end, of, I, it's just... It's going to be the Bucks, and it's going to be the Packers or the Seahawks. Yeah, I, I just think... Um, I'm I'm really interested to see what's going to happen, uh, you know, based off of Saturday's games first, right? So Saturday, yeah, that's is actually really telling. Steelers, Ravens, Colts, Texans, those like two divisions and wild card spots will be wrapped up by then. There's only going to be one spot available by Sunday in the AFC, most likely. Yeah, right? it, I, if the Steelers lose, I, I'm pretty much already going to send you that 250 for the Bills. Yeah, you are. <laughs> And it's so. not $250, unfortunately. It's only $2.50. $2. I would have had $250 if Najee Harris ran into the end zone <laughs> instead of you know falling down at the two-yard line. <laughs> yeah. I, I sent that, that rant yesterday to all my friends in the group chat. They didn't understand why they cheated. I, you cheated because you cheated. That's how you <laughs> cheated. You cheated because I didn't win. All right? No, that makes sense. Right? I think that's a fair way to put things. It is. It is. Um, what do you think is the, the second best game of the weekend, Stubbs? So we've already... You know, said Sunday Night Football, Bills-Dolphins for the division is the best game. I'm kind of leaning, like, I want to lean towards Rams-Niners, but both those teams are have already have their positions yeah, I, locked I, I think up. That's a, that's a very likely playoff preview, Yeah, I think. Um, I think the Ravens aren't going to show up full force, so I don't yeah, think that's no, going to be the best game. They already said Lamar's not going to play. Oh, it so could yeah. be Texans-Colts, then. I, I think that's a fair one to say, because yeah. that so much is riding on that game. I 
I'd be willing to say that that would be the other game of the week. This one doesn't have much to it, but a Browns-Bengals game, I think it'll just be fun. Now, C.J. Stroud is off of the injury report and oh. uh, appears to be ready to play this weekend. So, good that news could be, for the Texans. That could be the whole game of the week, then. Yeah. Really? It could be. Maybe. I mean, I'm not putting Gardner Minshew in my certified <laughs> game of the week. I'm not certifying that NFL fans around the country will enjoy watching Minshew magic. I'm not doing that stuff. I'm not, saying you, you know I'm you not telling you. I'm, I'm saying you could. You could. You could. I'm not going to. I'm going to go with Tua against Josh Allen. All right? that's. right? I'm going to go with that. Yeah, I'm, yeah. That's, that's the I'm game of the week. Yeah, I'm not going to push back No, but if you, you could argue. You no, could you, argue. you told me to call you out more. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. doing my best. I know. You're, card, <laughs> you're calling me out with Gardner Minshew. Please. No, thank you. I will enjoy watching Mo Ali Cox, though. That's my guy. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, we're halfway through the second show of the year. Phone lines are still open, 833-804-0910. We'll talk some VCU hoops with Rodney Ashby on a VCU game day at 2 p.m. We'll talk ACC hoops on University Drive at 2.30. But when we return, it's time for... The Cowan Gates Hokies Update with Bill Roth. That's Wednesdays at 1.30 on The Fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. So JC, JC on the mic, Josh Carter, who produces Michael Phillips' show, brought in something from home. He brought in some banana bread. Oh, I didn't and know I just that was found his. out from Stubb here you don't like bananas. I don't like bananas. I think that's crazy. Bananas are so good. Did you not grow up eating cereal and putting bananas and strawberries in your cereal, into no, your milk? I put uh, blueberries in them. Blueberries? My mom would put blueberries in them. Dude, that's weird. No, it's not. That is so weird. No, it's weird. not weird. Strawberries and bananas work perfectly for cereal. So you ever watch the Kellogg's commercial? They never put blueberries Blueberry, in there. Yeah, blueberries are a perfect cereal. Oh, it probably fruit. turns the milk blue. That's, okay, that's yummy. disgusting. Well, I, that's a that's a little Star Wars reference. <laughs> the blue milk. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't believe you don't like bananas though. I think you should. Maybe your taste buds have changed. Can I bring in a banana for you to try tomorrow? I, no, it's like one like I, I don't know what it is with bananas specifically, but like it, it makes me want to vomit. Really, it's the only food that does that to See, me. See, I I actually just had banana pudding last night. Yeah, I love oh, I banana like banana pudding. pudding. Oh, now. <laughs> Of course you do, because there's sugar in it. Of course you do. All right, it is 1.30 here on a Wednesday, which means it's time for the Cowan Gates Hokies Update with Bill Roth. What's going on, Bill? Happy New Year. Good to talk with you, pal. Absolutely. What a big bowl win for the Hokies to close out their season. I mean, what do you think that meant to the program? I think the way they finished was so exciting. I mean, they won three of four to end the year. Not every seven and six is the same. When you're When you're one and three all in non-conference games and really struggling and you got injuries, your quarterback's done, your top receiver coming into the year, Ollie Jennings is done. You're worried like, holy smokes, what's going to happen this year? And it's really remarkable how A, pride kept the team together and then B, how it responded. And obviously Kyron Drones was just remarkable at quarterback. He's going to enter the 24 season along with Haynes King at uh, Georgia Tech and, and maybe Grayson McCall at NC State and and is uh, among the best quarterbacks in the ACC coming into 24. And yeah. So, you know, the whole narrative kind of has changed. Ungalele's transferring back into our league, by the way. He's going to play at Florida State, the former Clemson and right, Oregon State right. quarterback. So, And there is another portal window to open up as well. So you never know who might end up on 
on our uh, schedule and who's in the ACC after the second uh, portal window opens up in the spring. But I'm really excited with the with the way that the, this team is looking, the way it played the last few weeks. Gosh, I mean, they ran the ball so well. They ran the ball so well the last month of the season. Yeah, I mean, it was really exciting to watch them play, and it's it's exciting for the program knowing how many offensive players are coming back. And Nick Gallo, the tight end, announced he's coming back. Remind me in the audience, did he get hurt right before the season, and what was the he injury? Did, he didn't play a single game, and Nick's, right. Nick was one of the real locker room leaders and a real key guy in 21 and 22 for Virginia Tech. And he was looking forward to a great season. He, he, his brother played at Tech. They're Jersey kids. Uh, really just an amazing family. And I wasn't sure if he was going to come back. And I don't know that he knew. I don't know that he knew even like the week of the UVA game what he was going to do. Mm. And uh, I'm glad he's coming back. You know, he's such a great kid to have around. He's going to do. He's going to excel in his professional life and a great business career. Uh, but I'm glad he's going to have one more go around with Tech, and he's going to make some big plays in the fall for the Hokies. Let's go back to the Military Bowl for a second. Hokies defeat Tulane, 41 to 20. And you know, I was watching the game with a bunch of. Uh, friends that are Hokies fans, uh, Bill, and I said to him, I remember in the middle of the game, they had a big special teams play, and I just screamed, Beamer Bowl! And it just felt so good to have a big special teams get, uh, play in a bowl game again. Yeah, it, you know, they muffed a punt. You know, they're, they're, they're starting, it was, it was the first time that guy was back there returning punts. It was a wet, soggy game. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, you know, and it's hard not to get you know, overly excited after you see that. But that was the sixth game this year, the Tech won in blowout fashion. You know, they were 1-3, and three, but they ended up winning seven of the last ten, and all all of them were lopsided wins. And that's what gets you excited. They, they, they were so good in every phase of the game down the stretch, with the exception of the game in Tallahassee, mm-hmm. right, and, and Louisville. And the home game with NC State. So that's where they were this year. And when, when they played teams in the middle of our league or, or lower, they handled business in a big way. I mean, those games were, were somewhat lopsided. But when they played the top teams in the league, they struggled. So that's going to be the question moving forward to the fall. Now, the Hokies' 24 schedule is remarkably manageable. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, I think that, you know, they get to go to Stanford, which will be fun, but you know they're 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 missing some of the the better teams in in the league, and so I think that when you look at the over under for how many games Virginia Tech might win this fall, um, it's it's going to be higher than you might think, and they're going to be in the preseason. Virginia Tech's going to be in the top quarter, top four four five teams in the league, right? What's a quarter of eighteen? <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna be in the top they're gonna be in the top four or five teams in the league in the preseason poll, and and, and that just shows you how. What Pry has done, and they did a great job in the portal getting kids to come in, and that—that's where momentum is. I wrote in my column, which everyone can read on HokieSports.com. Talent is a big part of it. Momentum is a big part of it, and the culture is a big part of it. What, what Pry's got going right now is really cool, man. And remember, we talked a couple of weeks ago about the advantage of being in the military bowl. Yeah, that high school coaches could come to their practices. Man, it was—it was really cool to see. There were a ton of high school coaches from Virginia and Maryland and D.C. that, that came to Tech's practices last week. That's awesome. Saw them work, and that, that's really good. That, that opens some doors as well when, it, when a high school coaching staff can come and watch prize guys work. 
Bill, why do you think they were able to run the ball so successfully? I mean, Drones and Tootin combined for more than 300 yards. You know, it's funny because Tulane had gone, what, 35 games without allowing a 100-yard rusher? They were the number seven rush defense. Well, part of it, a lot of it is Drones. I mean, he changed everything in the way you had to defend Virginia Tech. And if you went back and watched the game, you know, Tulane lost one of its better players, its leading tackler. He got hurt in the game because Drones ran over him. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's, a, he's a big dude, man, that likes physical football. He wants to win. He's got a great competitive spirit. And, but the, most of all, he's 230 pounds running out there. And he is, he's a really athletic guy. And I, and I think when, when, when you watched how defenses played against him, they had to account for a running quarterback. And now all of a sudden there's Tootin popping big runs, just like he did at BC and like he did in Charlottesville. And then he did again in Annapolis, just these massive runs. You know, last year, David Teal, the great sports writer from yeah. uh, R- Richmond, last year Tech was, what, they had three runs of over 20 yards for the season? <laughs> or was it three of over 15? In any event, just three explosive runs. Coming into the college football playoffs, Tech was tied for the lead in the country in that category. Big runs. Yeah. And and so they've they've done a 180 in terms of running the ball. The last month of the year, the last four games, Virginia Tech averaged 275 rushing yards a game. And, that, and that's for a team that throws the ball a bunch. That's a lot of yards on the ground. And and that's what you got to be excited about moving forward because those backs return. The receivers return. Two, t- two young men off the injury list, Jennings and Gallo, are back. Yeah. And the whole offensive line is back. And when you got a quarterback with confidence and everybody around him returning, you can see why there's a lot of, of momentum and excitement. And, and then they've plugged the holes on the defense. They've they, uh, got three transfer portal kids, one from Duke, one from a junior college, one from Middle Tennessee State that are all going to play defensively. And... You know, you can see why I, I think I mentioned this earlier. You know, it's kind of my job to, to fly the tech flag, so to speak. But if, if tech football was a stock, you'd buy it. Yeah. I mean, there's you know, so I mean, many reasons like in, to be fired up. In every area. Like, I mean, I, I mentioned this earlier today. Like, Davy Belfort, the quarterback that the Hokies got from down in Fort Lauderdale. I mean, he picked, he, he had offers from Florida, Florida State, Georgia, Alabama, Notre Dame. When's the last time Virginia Tech went into Florida? and out-recruited Georgia, Florida, and Florida State for a quarterback. I don't recall it ever happening before. And and they, they went into Hampton Roads, and for the first time since Tyrod Taylor, Pry signed the, the 757 Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. It's been over a decade since Tech got the top player out of Hampton Roads. So when you add it all up, you can see why they're excited about it. And they, they have a good plan. And we've talked about this before. They're, they're valuing culture over C-notes. They're not, they're not dishing out bags of cash like Texas A&M, but they're doing a good enough job in the portal to keep people happy. And, 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 and Triumph is a tremendous organization, the collective at Tech. And it's, it, it's really exciting to see him turn it this year. Definitely a very positive season, a lot of momentum for Hokies football. Bill, uh, we'll have you on next week. We'll talk uh, Hokies women's and, and yeah, men's I hoops. Be, let's mention this. So Sunday, Sunday, Hokies play NC State at Castle. The pack is third. The Hokies are 13th. That's a massive women's basketball game. Tech and NC State. My sense is they are going to play several times this year <laughs> just because of the way things work and, and, and in the ACC tournament and maybe beyond as well. But that's the big news of the week. 
uh, Sunday's game in Castle, Hokies and Wolfpack. Bill, great stuff as always, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate you. Thanks, buddy. Yep, that's Bill Roth. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, we do have breaking news right now here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Breaking news on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, powered by Odyssey, is brought to you by BetQL. Michael Phillips told us we would have an answer at some point during the show today. Ron Rivera just spoke with reporters and told... The media in D.C., Sam Howell, quarterback Sam Howell, will start in Week 18 against the Dallas Cowboys. Multiple reporters have now confirmed. Ron Rivera told them that Sam Howell, quarterback for the Commanders, will start in Week 18. We'll react to that breaking news and take your phone calls, 833-804-0910. Coming up next on The Fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Stubb, text Michael Phillips. See if he wants to come back on later and talk about this breaking news. Ron Rivera announcing Sam Howell will start Week 18. Because, you know, the more I read these quotes from Ron Rivera, the more I just get so upset that he duped all of us when he came in here and he said, oh, I have a four-year plan And every other team in the NFL has been able to do more and better in one, two, or three years. And here we are in year four with just four wins. And his excuse is, oh, I need a fifth year. You know, and he's saying, quote, there's nothing you can do about what's going to happen beyond Sunday. So the focus should be on Sunday. What? Focusing on doing what on Sunday? Nobody wants you to win, Ron. We are desperate for your team to lose. And he's making excuses, saying you're very fortunate in the NFL if you get a head coaching job where there's already a quarterback there, where there's already that guy. You know, you better relish that and you better succeed. Well, Ron, you could have had a quarterback here. You could have had Tua or Justin Herbert. You chose to take Chase Young. You could have had Matthew Stafford. You chose to go after Carson Wentz. You know, there's so many other guys that you could have chosen instead of Carson Wentz, then Taylor Heineke, and Kyle Allen, and then Jacoby Brissett and Sam Howell. And so you screwed yourself, Ron Rivera. And you know what, Ron? This is the year of the backup, and all these other teams with backups have better records than you. So it's not just the quarterback that's holding you back. It's your damn defense, which sucks. I hate it so much. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. We've got our buddy D. Woods on line one, calling in from D.C. What's going on, D.? What's up, Adam? How are you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, buddy. How would you react to the breaking news that Sam Howell will be QB1 on Sunday? Yeah, you know what? I think I think that Ron is starting to – he's giving up. He's, he's out here and he's telling – he's got all these beautiful quotes – where he wants to talk about, you know, uh, focusing on the game and he can't focus on what's going to happen next Monday. He knows his job is, he knows he's out the door. Uh, and I, I, and you know, I think this is a, this is a, a big, you know, what to the fan base, uh, starting Sam Howell on Sunday. I would much rather see Jake from, uh, start than see, put Sam Howell back out there. We know what he is. We know what he's going to do. He's going to throw for 180 yards, uh, a touchdown or two interceptions. Um, so I don't, I don't get why we need to keep seeing this movie, uh, even though we know how it's going to play out. See, I do think the best thing for the organization is to start Sam Howell and get another game on tape for the new head coach to decide what to do with him because 
Washington's going to be in a position to possibly trade up or draft Caleb Williams. Then they're going to have to decide, is it Sam Howell or Jacoby Brissett as the backup, and do we want to keep three quarterbacks? And, and I don't want Ron Rivera making that decision. So I want another game on tape of Sam Howell. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, what, what's this? Uh, I think going to be his 18th start coming up, consecutive start. I think we have enough tape on him. I, I think I think you you, you do you got some fool's gold there where you think that it's, it's going to get better. I don't think Sam Howell is it. We, we, I know I flip-flopped this year, but he's shown uh, this year he is going to be a backup quarterback for his entire career. I mean, maybe he'll be successful uh, like Jacoby has been in managing to stay on the roster. But, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I can take or leave that guy. I don't, I don't think we need to see any more of him. No, you're right. But, you know, if we learned anything from this season, it's that – with good coaching, a good offensive line, and a good defense, you can win with a backup quarterback. You can win with a guy that's a game manager like a Sam Howell. I mean, I look at Minnesota, uh, the success they've had this season. I look at Cincinnati staying in the hunt without Joe Burrow. Um, and then I even look at the Browns with, with Joe Flacco. Um, so it, it's tough because Sam was put in a position to not succeed with the terrible offensive line and the defense regressing as much as they have. Uh, but let me ask you this that's been Floated out there. Would you like Justin Fields or would you rather have Caleb Williams? So I would like Justin Fields on my fantasy league. Don't want him as my starting quarterback. Yeah. Um, so you could give me all the rushing yards and touchdowns uh, with his legs if, if he's my QB one on my fantasy team. Though I, I mean, I know the kid. You know, was highly touted out of Georgia when he was in high school in Georgia, I should say, and, and Ohio State. He doesn't. He's he's not it. I think uh, I think I would rather take Caleb Williams uh, than than have Justin Fields. Yeah, uh, you make a great point about Justin Fields in fantasy. I mean, his ability to run is exciting, and I understand why Chicago fans are feeling like, hey, maybe we give him one more year because he certainly has improved slightly in, in certain categories. Uh, but D, you you know, you'll appreciate this, and you'll call me out on this. I'm willing to put my career on the line as a quarterback evaluator. That within five years, within five years, Caleb Williams is a pro bowler. I truly believe he is going to be a star in this league. For since day one, he's going to step in the league and light it up. And everyone wants to point to the you know the down year he had at, uh, at USC. This man was a Heisman Trophy winner. He was one of the most talented quarterbacks in high school before he chose Oklahoma, and then he had success there. Followed the coach to USC. Now everyone wants to hate him. Because he paints his fingernails and he cried on the sidelines. So what? He cares. He's going to ball out in the league. I guarantee that. I think he's going to ball out, but I also think it's a. And I know he's he's still a kid. I think it's a bad look to to for anyone that them to allow your emotions to get the better of you uh, on on such big stages that way. I know you. We all love to see it, right? We want to say, "Oh, he's fiery. He cares." Uh, uh, you know, he has a dog in him, but. It, it, I think that that will be a, a knock against him uh, when the GMs are, are talking to him. I think that's going to be brought up a lot uh, during these interviews about what was going through his brain to make him, you know, to, to just cry on the field that way. Yeah. Um, I, it's going to take some growing up. I think the kid's going to ball out too. Um, but I don't know, Awad. I don't know. I mean, do we take – what's going to happen, right? You got Chicago going number one. Do they keep Justin Fields and select Caleb Williams or – or do we magically get him to fall to number two to us? 
Yeah, I know, right? I saw an article today that you know Chicago's in love with Marvin Harrison Jr., but they're not going to take him number one overall. And I do think it would be stupid of Washington, even though I'm all in on Caleb, but I think it'd be stupid to trade up from two to one, right? I just think right. the Bears are going to fleece us if that happens. Yeah, yeah, no, I say we stay where we are. Um, there's no need to to give up uh, a bunch of picks to move one spot. Uh, you at that point, you just get who falls to you. Yeah, D. Final thoughts, man. Final thoughts. Just speaking to the 2023 slash 2024 Ace Boogie Fantasy League champion. <laughs> if the Commanders need a GM, pass my number along. Stub, put me in contact with somebody. I'm ready to go to work. <laughs> That's D. Woods. Good call. Let's keep it going here. We've got Eddie in Richmond. Eddie, are you happy that Sam Howell will be starting Week 18 for the Commanders? Uh, hey, Wad. Uh, you know, I mean, honestly, it'd be kind of funny to see him get that 20th interception. I think if he starts, <laughs> it's almost guaranteed. Um, just lead the league. It's just another stat for the commanders to be disappointed about. But uh, I was calling, I think we should go Jake Fromm. I think we should give him a chance. I understand people want to give Jake Fromm a chance because that most likely will lead you to you losing the game. And that's what matters most. Because here's what you don't want to be. You don't want to be the Pittsburgh Steelers with their season on the line and you got to start a buffoon named Mason Rudolph. You don't want that situation, right? So you have to lose to the Cowboys and then go get Caleb Williams or Drake May. I'm with you on that. I think you're right. Maybe uh, just start who we know is going to lose. But, but you know, another reason to start Jake from, uh, he's, he's got a hot mom. His mom, I remember Georgia days. Hold on a second here. Are are you serious about this? Yeah, I remember the Georgia days. They would go close ups. Her name's Lee Fromm, I think. But uh, she's definitely Lee Fromm. I just googled her. She's. Oh yeah, I'm trying to see her in the stadium. Let's let's get Commanders fans hyped for once this This year. I didn't know this was a bit. There's a lot of bikini pics of Jake Fromm's mom. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Bring up the DC, baby. All right, good call. Let's go to Trey in Richmond. Trey, you're on the fan. Hey, how's it going, AY? Good, man. What are your thoughts on Sam Howell? I think that they should sit him for uh, not just for like playing reasons, but if they, you know, if there's any value like draft stock or whatever, be it like. Eliminate the risk of him getting injured this uh, Sunday. Yeah, no, it's a good point because I think Washington could be in a position to trade Sam Howe on draft night, but if he comes out and, and has another stinker uh, or gets hurt, maybe they lose uh, their draft stock in him. So uh, that's a good point there. Uh, who would you like the commanders to have as quarterback moving forward? Is there anyone that comes to mind for you? Uh, whoever can get us. Uh, 17 wins. <laughs> yeah, I feel you on that. I believe in Caleb Williams. Trey, remember the day I told you Caleb Williams is going to be a star, all right? Oh, yes. <laughs> all right, man, thanks for chiming in. I'm looking forward. Yep. All right, you're welcome. Take care. Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year, Trey. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back.